I don't get out much. I don't hear. I don't. I don't know what you kids are. <laughs> I don't know doing, what the damn kids are doing on my freaking lawn. Yeah, get off my lawn. And welcome back to the Refactor Podcast, the show where we try and help ourselves and you suck just a little bit less each and every day. Recording live from the basement of the Ivory Tower, my name is Frank Cole. And as ever, from the brink of sanity, my name is Chris Tonkinson. And this is episode 108, recorded on June 30th, 2023. Big science news this week. I don't know if anybody cares. I tried to tell my wife the other night she was having none of it. Uh, but uh, more proof uh, more proof that gravitational waves exist. This is kind of one of the biggest physics things that has happened in the last, well, I don't know, half century. Um uh, there was a uh, an observatory called LIGO. That's the Laser Interferometer Gravitational. I forget what it's called. Blah blah blah. Uh, anyway, whatever. Nerd. LIGO, <laughs> big facility. There's a couple of them. They use three mile long laser arrays to detect really really high frequency gravity waves. Uh, these were gravity waves were predicted by Einstein a billion years ago. He didn't have the technology to measure them. He didn't think we might ever ever have it and they did and they measured it and it was really cool and it was a big deal more kind of empirical evidence to support general relativity as a framework for gravity and space-time now shift forward to now the problem with that was that the only things that we could record were like really high frequency waves um that is when two very big spinning black holes eat each other uh, mm. that was the only context we could think of that the the waves would be high frequency enough for us to detect with this you know if you take out the 90 degree curve, like six mile long facility. And so in order to measure anything of a lower frequency, the stuff that we really want to get at, you would need a laser facility that's like, I don't know, billions of kilometers long. And uh, so instead, uh, some smarty pants decided to use special stars and they basically turned the entire galaxy into a sensing array for these gravity waves. Like really cool stuff. Uh, if I, I know you personally don't like really care about the physics stuff, uh, but anybody's listening, this is, has probably already heard of it by now. Huge deal. Really cool stuff. I'm, I'm stoked uh, reading into this. Nice. So it's just more proof that Einstein was right is, is really what I'm hearing. Well, yeah, and for the, and I, I, is it for the first time? Not not for the first time, but but certainly one of the first things in cosmology where we have been able to do something beyond the scale of what we could build by just intelligently observing. Because the, there's, there's these stars called pulsars, and they're called that because they basically pulse. I'm 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 oversimplifying to a, a criminal degree, but they blink with a certain periodicity, right? They blink at a very predictable frequency. And so by using these really far away blinking lights, we're able to detect and infer distortions in space-time due to these cyclic, you know, these these gravitational waves. Mm -hmm. um, it's something we could build in labs, you know, in LIGO uh, that we used a few years ago. Um but again, that was that was again. I think I think each branch it was like a ninety degree angle. I think each branch was like three miles long, um, and we could only detect the most high frequency waves we could think of. Um, so to get anything lower frequency, that is to say larger scale, we would have needed like a commensurately larger facility, which is like larger than Earth and the solar system put together. And so, so what you're saying there is was that no, there was no way we could build it, and so we had to look for other evidence indirectly within nature. Uh, in order to find these things, what you're saying, cool. what you're saying is, I don't have a warp drive engine yet. 
Not yet. We're working on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Do I have all do of I have us down here in the car? engineering bay? Get me bay. a flying car. Do I at least get Not a flying yet. car? All of us down here in the engineering bay, we're giving it all she's got. Yes, yeah, uh, I don't not, care about any. We're not of this. quite there yet. If, I, if, if I'm if I don't get to go warp speed and or flying car, this is this is all noise to me. This the gravity boots. Everybody just wants the gravity. I, boots the gravity the boots. I'll take. I'll take like, the. I'll take the gravity back, boots or SDFU. Like back, that's really what I back want. Back to the future hoverboard. I would take a back there to the go. future hoverboard. You know, any of these things non, would be non non trademark infringing now hoverboard. Yeah, so what are they right. gonna do? What are they gonna do if they actually invent that ish? Mm-hmm. Now they have like a trademark battle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because who was first? because uh, technically technically it was invented back in nineteen eighty five. Um actually that was <laughs> not that was not the past. That was that was the future was of the past. The future. Yeah, yeah. Uh cool. All right. Uh so Fun space stuff. There you go, space nerds. There's your nerds. There's your nerdular nerdens for the day. Nerdular nerdens for the day. Um, I there's something. I'm not sure where I want to go with it, but it was really interesting and definitely overlaps in in our in our space. So, how much do you know about the Reddit protests? Does that term oh, even yeah. make sense to you? Yes. Okay. Yep. Yeah. All right. So. The short version is they are changing their rules to limit third-party apps from accessing Reddit. So you would no longer be able to use third-party phones, uh, uh, phone apps to access Reddit content. You have to go through the uh, the Reddit site, the Reddit app itself, uh, and this was obviously done as a it's a it's a monetary play by by eliminating these these third parties which do not show the same ads and reddit does not gain any of the revenue from yeah, it reddit, reddit's reddit's an ad business and all these third party apps are using the api they don't have to show the ads reddit's not able to monetize reddit's not making money and they're trying to ipo so they said hey we're going to start charging for the api right so you got to do something you got to do something according to According to a lot of the, you know, according to a lot of the mods and and app authors, right, API consumers, their pricing is bat crap insane. And so hmm, they've mm-hmm. been protesting. So there's been protesting where people have been turning. Not quite as good as the French, though. Like the French, they get out in the streets, they throw chairs, they burn shit. Uh, Reddit people are like, oh, we're going to go dark for, I, the, one of the subs is uh, like tech support gore. I don't know if you're familiar. That's a, it's, it's a great, like longstanding sub. Yes. You just go to look at things that are disgusting. And um, they were like, oh, yeah, we're going to do another protest from Saturday through Sunday and we'll return on Monday. <laughs> Right, because yeah, okay, yeah, um, <laughs> that's really sending a strong message there. <laughs> so they these these communities, the subreddits have been turning them, which are all community driven. These are all volunteers. Reddit actually does not, mm. you know, doesn't do anything with them. They just give you the space effectively, and then you know you self organize however the hell you want. Pretty much, there's rules, but that's it's it's yeah. pretty it's pretty open ended. A lot of these communities have been turning themselves off, flipping to a private mode in protest of this. Uh, several of the ones that I deal with have done this. And like you said, they do it for a fixed period of time, then come back on because, you know, they don't want to lose their audience. Now I'm seeing uh, at least a few of them are thinking about or have actually jumped to competitors to Reddit or actually you know moving the communities. Um, 
So yeah, Lemmy so, is one, I think. Lemmy's emerged as the popular kind of, if you want to do the decentralized thing. Mm-hmm. Right? So like right on the back of Twitter and Mastodon, Reddit and Lemmy is like the next. We had something, it was ready to go. It's I think it's ActivityPub. Um, yeah, I don't a, know what the actual adoption has been like, but yeah, Fediverse, here we come, I guess. There is a, uh, there's another one that I, uh, I can't recall the name of it. Um, oh no, it was Lemmy. Okay. It was Lemmy. Um, I had to go and find the community where I saw it, but yes. So there's, yeah. so that seems to be happening in, in some, uh, to some degree. That's not what, that's not what's interesting to me here. Cause this is when the mechanism, I think you papered over just to, just to explain that a little more, the, the mechanism of this, I think the, the mod, the community, it, this, the subs are community run. They're run by people called mods, the moderators who control the content on the subs. That is free labor. And Reddit has always made its business by having strong mods who control the content so they don't have to, right? It's a free army of labor. They've crowdsourced yep. the content moderation, right? And the mods are, the mods specifically, the mods are pissed because the, I guess the Reddit app is not anywhere near as good as like the third party apps that they use to do their mod work. And so the mods are pissed because they're not going to have the apps any longer that make it possible to do what they do as effectively. And then some of the pod, uh, not podcasts, some of the, some of the third party app developers have just straight up said, and this is what kind of triggered the whole thing. Third party app devs have said this straight, just just puts us out of business. We can't, like we can't operate. We will right. go dark on whatever date because this is non-viable. And then the mods got pissed off and then, and then, and then, and then there's a lot of mudslinging going on. Yeah. And then this, you know, they want the CEO to be uh tone deaf, you know, uh butthead. And uh, he wants everything to just blow over like any other internet rage storm. And it's like, you, I don't know, dude, like what's the old saying you, well, I guess it's not old. Well, now I guess it's old, but, What's the saying? You can you can piss off Twitter, but don't piss off Reddit. And I, I think they've like whoever side you're on, whatever you think is right and wrong. What has effectively happened is that Reddit has pissed off Redditors, Reddit. which is just a key Internet. Ro- oh, the only thing worse than pissing off Reddit's like pissing off 4chan. Like the, you can't, <laughs> historically, I cannot think of a worse idea on the Internet besides clicking on that enlargement ad. Right. There's nothing you can do that is worse for your personal security than angering Reddit. Yeah. So so that that's a thank you. So that's more detail into the summary of what is actually going on inside of Reddit. And who knows? where or how this is this is going to land. That's not the interesting thing to me. The interesting thing to me is some of the follow-on effects to these protests because a number of these um, communities didn't just make themselves read-only. They closed. like They made themselves totally private. So the results didn't come up, including so then, yeah. in searches <clears throat> on Google. And, Google felt it, yeah. And so there is this... I didn't even think about this until I read this article from Ars Technica. Apparently, a lot of users of the search engines have started to search in a way that leverages the Google engine, but goes for results from or fully organic sites like Reddit. And so you'll go to Google and you'll just type in Reddit space, whatever your normal search engine would be. Mm-hmm. dramatically increasing the likelihood that you're going to get a Reddit-based result. The reason, this is what's so cool, the reason that a lot of people are doing that is because 
the websites that have gotten so good at SEO optim- search engine optimization are garbage. They're garbage, <laughs> right? And the practices, the SEO practices, are being leveraged mostly by companies to put essentially puff pieces out to mm-hmm. drive eyeballs and get clicks or uh, just get other, clicks uh, uh, just get clicks so they can show impressions on their own impr- site yeah. impression and in or many to cases convert potential sales on whatever products whatever, they're they're hawking whatever garbage whatever they're showing they're, whatever yeah whatever they're doing most of it's most of it's ad money though what was oh, experts exchange that was for a minute. That was the site that everybody hated because they would. There wasn't actually a site. There was nothing actually going on. They would just rip content. They would rip it from Stack Overflow. They'd rip it from Reddit. They'd rip it from Wikipedia. They would just hoover up content and republish it as if it was their own, and it was all behind a paywall. And they got really good at SEO, and so they were the front of everything. I don't know how they did that because everybody hated it. Like I don't know who was like, oh yes, Experts Exchange is exactly that. How did the hell they get to the top of the search results? All they were always above the fold in Google for a while. So I think the inter- you're right there. The interesting thing is not necessarily. Reddit, because personally, I don't care. The communities will reorganize, whether it's Reddit, whether it's right. Lemmy, whether it's a non-Lemmy, like a like a centralized, like a different company. I, I don't care, right? We'll find places to go and talk. I know a lot of the gamers are, that they had already been leaving for Discord, and I think that might have already put some financial pressure on Reddit. Um, but the interesting thing is like, oh, okay, so one site shuts down, and now Google feels the pinch. Right. What's the implication there, I think, is that that's the second hit for Google in six months. Yeah. They got caught flat footed on generative AI. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Have and you seen, so, uh, hold on a second. Uh, where I, I so we'll start did drinking. You, did you see did you see any of the IO uh, keynote from um, uh, the 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 the. Mm-hmm. Google CEO Sundar, I think is. His I name. no, I am about as eager. I'm about as eager to watch IO as you are to watch WWDC. <laughs> I could not care less what Google does at this point. They are almost wholly irrelevant to my life. Uh, let me hold on a second. I want to see if I can find it before I spoil it. Uh, hold on. Uh, here, here we go. All right, can I? Yes, I can do this. Uh, pop this on. Okay. AI and AI 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 generative AI generative AI generative AI AI is AI 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 Oh my gosh. This is AI to bring AI 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 AI. So that was a that was a mash. And that was the whole speech. That's unedited. Of how many times Sundor Sundar Sundor I don't know how you say his name. Sundar as that is all Sundar say, how many times he said AI during his CEO talk at, at Google IO. That's the <laughs> it's, new developers. It's, yes, it is. It is. <laughs> developers, 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 developers. <laughs> you knew it was coming. You I know me too AI, well. I need to put AI right next to it. So you've got, <laughs> so now we're going to. AI, AI developers. AI, and AI, 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 generative AI. Developers. <laughs> Over time, they just they're just slowly they just like, meld together, just melding into the same the same monolithic <laughs> nebulous evil corp. <laughs> oh man! <clears throat> oh, anyway, yeah. So so okay, Google flat footed on AI, and now with the with the Reddit protest, it really shined the light on just how much junk 
is actually hiding behind the the SEO properties and yeah. and demonstrating that. I mean, because you you know that Google has the sophistication in their search algorithm to separate to better separate wheat from chaff and. You know, they're just not, and people are using these, well, again, these other approaches. I kind of made this comment uh, a couple of weeks ago. We were talking about uh, the privacy breach with Ring. Mm-hmm. System worked as intended. Guess who's serving the majority of the ads on the sites that are juicing their SEO just to appear on the front page of Google? Oh, right? No. Who? <laughs> well, it's, it's AdSense. It's Google. Google is the one serving the ads on the garbage sites that have mastered the SEO game. Right. Right. It's like, it's for any always sunny fans. It's, it's the circular economy and nobody knows how it works. Right. That's, right. The entire internet is built on advertising. I find it just, I, I'm just, there's schadenfreude, right? I'm just, I'm yeah. giddy with excitement to watch the ad industry correct because whenever there's a downturn, whenever there's a recession, the ad industry get hits. Everybody knows this. And web is start, you know, web was a little resistant to that for a while. And now it's starting to show the cracks. And so you have a down market, ad revenue is down. Google took a hit on on generative generative AI. Um, <laughs> AI. Now AI, they've shown, AI, hey, AI. so many people are putting in links to popular sites. I will do the same thing. I will suffix a search with Reddit. Stack Overflow, Wikipedia, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, unless if I'm just not going straight to that site, if I'm using a search engine, I will hint what site I want. Many of the t- apparently that is so popular that Google notices when one site goes down. Mm-hmm. That is not a good story for their advertisers. Yeah. That is not a good story for their marketing department. Yeah. That's the second big hit they've taken. That's the second black eye they've gotten in six months. Yeah. yeah. Like it, it, I used it, to be in and I used to be in love with Google. Um like information retrieval was my first passion as like a like a a deep dive discipline into the the the, the into computer science. Information retrieval is a fascinating topic. Um, I wanted to work for. I went out. I went out to California, interviewed with them. Um, like I was all jazzed. And within a couple of years, I I came to see like what what was happening. I'm like, whew, glad I didn't get that offer. Yeah. yeah. I should, I guess I shouldn't say it out loud, right? Well, they, they offered, I didn't, I chose not to accept their offer, <laughs> uh, I, out of on, on moral grounds, uh, ethical grounds. I chose, I elected not to work for them. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. no, sure. they had like a 97 <laughs> phase process and I screwed up one question just because I got up in my own head and then I never got an offer. Which, uh, you know, that'll do it too. That'll do it too. So I thought that that follow-on effect here with the Google stuff is is super interesting because there there's people are basically using the engine to get around the junk that they are promoting. Now, apparently, in this Ars Technica article, it it mentions a feature called uh, let me find it perspectives in Google search, which is a filter on top. This is from the article. Perspectives is a filter on top of Google search results that users can select to view only quote long and short form videos, images, and written posts that people have shared on discussion boards, QA sites, and social media platforms, according to a Google blog post. Um, but the article then goes on and I agree. This is where I agree with it. And this is, I mean, this is Google being Google. Uh, However, those using the Reddit search hack usually aren't looking for TikTok influencers or YouTube videos loaded with sponsors. 
They're not just after social media. They're more likely looking for quick access to human voices and perspectives in a digestible thread or discussion. And that's absolutely true. One of the things, you know, the, Google is the number one search engine in the world. The number two search engine, we talk, I won't play this pop quiz with you because I already did. The number two search engine is actually YouTube. YouTube is mm -hmm. number two. And yeah. I never understood that. Like I, I will go to a video when I'm doing a thing, it's like a how-to. Uh, my my uh, a couple, a couple seasons ago, I had a snowblower and a snowblower got all, uh, wouldn't start. And it was because the um, uh, the fuel injector got clogged because it had fuel sitting in it over over the, uh, over oh, the yeah. summer. And so I had yeah, to typically take they the, want you to empty those. I basically had to take the whole thing apart to clean. And I had no idea what I was doing. That's perfect yeah. for YouTube because I actually, I see yeah, the you dude. Get to see. I get to see it and open it and mm -hmm. things like that. If I'm looking for information though, not like a, if I don't need a visual reference, if it's not that kind of a visual physical how-to, I hate videos because videos, you have to actually sit and watch the whole thing in order to find the piece of information that's useful to you. There's if no command written, F. Right. There's no command F. With written, I can just right in there, go to what I need. I can very quickly see, is this my answer? Yes or no. You know, uh, sometimes, you know, the, the, the writer may go off in their own little world, but they have that little nugget in there that you're able mm -hmm. to pull out and you go, oh, that's what I need. Thanks a lot. Moving on yeah. with my life. You can scan it a lot quicker than you can with. Yeah. Well, I mean, the famous example is recipes, right? Hey. How many, you ever look for a recipe online? It's, it's an abysmal experience, right? I just want the recipe. I don't want your story about how you summered in Tuscany with your grandmother oh, when you were five yeah. and why the smell reminds you of, of simpler days. And I, it just give me the recipe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, they fill it with this, they, they, and, and they fill and surround it with this, this extra cruft, usually for search engine mm -hmm. fodder purposes. And it's just junk. And so, so I agree with the, uh, with the author of this Ars Technica article that, you know, the, the, the perspectives, I haven't used it, but if what he's describing, or she, I'm not sure, what's the writer's name here? Sharon? S-C-H-A-R-O-N. Sharon Harding? I hope I'm probably butchering that. Uh, but if what Sharon is saying here is is accurate to, you know, the kinds of results it's getting, it's, I mean, it's the same problem that Google uh, searches generally have. Because you're right. I, I, I'm not looking for YouTube videos and TikTok influencers. <laughs> just just give me the information. That's why Google is, that's why Google is valuable. There's got to be a solution where, you know, we're able to, you know, you know, these sites can live and get monetized without getting, you know, becoming victims of their own success. Like, are we doomed to do this cycle forever where new thing like Discord? Okay, we'll switch gears for a little bit here. Discord is is in this is in this perfect space, right? Is is in that ideal space right now. Uh, for those who don't know, Discord is a uh, voice communication platform uh, used primarily by gamers. It is the Spiritual successor going back to things like Ventrilo and TeamSpeak and these other uh, early day uh, voice communication platforms, which you would use in online settings, playing games that otherwise didn't have good voice communication stuff. Um, Discord's now used for uh, all kinds of stuff, but it still has a, a focus in the in the gaming sector. And 
Uh, it's free to use. You can set up your own environments. You can have as many people as you want in there. You can host calls that are, uh, you can stream literally hundreds of people at a time and you're not paying a dime. Uh, and they've gone to a subscription style service that is very much like Twitch, where you sort of, you know, give out things that cost money to the channels that you like and support and you, you can pay a subscription or you can buy little niceties that make your account stand out and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and there's, and it's really, that's it. There's, there's really no, no restrictions on it. And so there are a whole lot of add-ons, for example, that'll split, that'll play, say Spotify. Like you can have, you can sit in a channel with people talking and there'll be a Spotify bot in the background. It's just kind of playing music, you know, just kind of go, you know, just doing its yeah. thing. And they're able to do all that kind of stuff. And you're not getting peppered with ads or any of that kind of nonsense because they're in that primo space where they've got, uh, they have achieved critical mass of users and they are not IPO. They haven't been acquired by a larger entity yet who's looking to straight up start making money off this thing. And it's just a good, useful tool. A couple months ago, there was a big hullabaloo that Microsoft might purchase or actually was in talks to purchase Discord. Oh, and, goodness. And I mean, a lot of people, I, I went, oh, crap. That would have been insane. That would have been awful. Uh, and they ended up backing out of it. Now, it was an absurd, mm -hmm. obscene amount of money. And I don't know why they backed out of it, but they... They did. I think they might be thinking IPO for themselves. Um, they, they've got the they've got the momentum. I think they could do it. But regardless, I was thrilled that they didn't. But the fact remains, they're going to continue. If, if things continue the way they're going, it's going to continue to get bigger. It's going to continue to get more success. Eventually, it's going to get that kind of attention. Eventually, somebody, you know, from, say, Spotify is going to catch wise to these bots and go, where, where's my cut? You know, where's where's my money? And that's when the rules are going to start to come in and, mm -hmm. you know, somebody's going to say that they're not making enough money off of the little buttons and widgets that they're selling their pieces of flair, you know, and now we've <laughs> got to, you know, now we've got to put ads into the application somehow and, you know, or start charging for the, you know, for these, these rooms and these groups that people create or, you know, and it'll go to crap. If, if it follows the way other things have gone, it'll go to crap. A new one will spring up doing all the things that the previous one did without all of those regulations and restrictions. And the process will repeat itself. Why do we keep doing this? What do we do to break this cycle? That's the thing that I think about in my head. I don't know the answer, but you know, the Reddit thing sticks out at me as just another example in that same chain of unfortunate, you know, start, grow, succeed, victim of your own success cycle. Uh, I mean, yeah, I think at, at the risk of at the risk of mm, not sounding humble enough, yeah, that the answer to me that the the rationale the, the answer is yes, it will continue, and the reason is there's a fundamental impedance mismatch between what the internet is and what for profit corporations try to use it for. There's a fundamental disconnect there, right? The internet is meant to be decentralized information sharing medium. That is what it is meant to do. For a little history lesson for anybody that didn't know, uh, <clears throat> what is now the modern internet came out of a defense uh, department project called ARPANET. 
uh, and it was basically kind of there to restore or to pre- or to preserve uh, military communications in the event it was meant to be a robust communications uh, digital communications network in the event of nuclear war during the Cold War with Russia, right? That or USSR. I apologize. So so that was. That was what it came from. It was meant to be fault tolerant and distributed. There was no central authority. There was, and what you've seen, and I'm like, I'm not the, I'm like, like, this is not a new complaint. I'm not the first one to, to come up with all of these arguments, but like, uh, we went ahead then and immediately started to centralize DNS. We went and immediately started to centralize email and we went to start to centralize and centralize and centralize. Now we got Cloudflare. Now we got AWS. Now we got it. Right. And so that necessarily takes capital, right? To do things at internet scale takes capital. If in a centralized model, that means there's going to be a for-profit company. It means it's going to try to extract value from the system. And I just don't think internet culture is going to fully adopt a pay-to-play model. I don't think the majority of netizens are going to agree. Like there are there are paid search engines. You can go and you can find paid search engines where you go, you sign up, you pay a subscription, five, 10 bucks a month, whatever it is, and then you get to search on their platform. What do you get? Okay, they save your preferences and stuff, but they claim that they don't mind your data and they won't show you ads. So some people, that's a great, that's a great bargain. Uh, and by the way, I think it, it probably is a good bargain, although I don't use one currently. And the other option you can go is something decentralized. Um, and I think that is more into the spirit of the actual internet. I think, yeah, individual communities can choose to band and disband. They can choose to to have uh, ban lists and not negotiate with other, you know, servers in the Fediverse and all this kind of stuff can go on. And there's still going to be all sorts of explosive growth and, 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 uh, you know, destructive shutdowns and, and uh, tons of drama and strife and gnashing of teeth and all that stuff is going, you're not going to stop that, right? Uh, it's human. We're tribal that get over it. But I just don't like, like Reddit, right? We just, we had a bunch of, a bunch of people with no common thread. There's nothing, you look at all the, all the subreddits, there's, there's nothing common across them and there's no reason for them to be common. Oh, they're like literally anything isolated and everything. communities. They're literally yeah, anything they're, and everything. It's individual it's, isolated communities with their own agendas and their own preferences and their own vibe. And there's somebody else controlling the information and access to it. That is a fundamental problem without, because if I go out and I see some neighbors kind of gathering out there in the circle and then I go out to join them, that's fine. We're free to do that, right? But if we all have to go to the store on the corner, the store can decide that, well, we're closed now because it's 8 p.m., right? I mean, it's just fundamentally, it's a disconnect from, what and and you look at DRM. I think DRM is a good example of this. DRM Mm. is fun. It's not going to work. Apple experimented with their music. They gave up on it. And you can't control information. It wants to be free. So do you think this is going to keep, I think it will absolutely keep happening. You're going to keep having these sites pop up, try to monetize. It's all going to be advertising. They're going to fail. A small fraction of their user base will pay for it because they see the value. Uh, And then they'll wash into obscurity or they'll flat up, they'll just straight up go out of business. Mm. And then I think, over time, some of these decentralized, some of this Fediverse stuff, I think, I hope, will take hold. I hope will become more the norm. Uh, you looked at what happened with Mastodon. Twitter's still here. And a lot more people know about Mastodon. A lot more people use it. A lot more people know about it. Mm, it didn't displace Twitter. Right? No, but it's it there, didn't. and it's a lot bigger than it was before. Lemmy. 
been around been around for a couple of years now. Still there, bigger than it was before. Mm-hmm. Do I think Reddit blows up tomorrow? No, right. So I, my hope is just that more people start to start to make the choice to custody their own data and to use these types of products. That's my that's my soapbox anyway. So mm-hmm. yeah, I don't have I don't have a Lemmy. I'll, I'm I'm going to make one right. We're uh, I'm I'm going to I'll have some time next week and I'll I'll, I'll make a Lemmy <laughs> as one does. I'll make a Lemmy as as you uh, do. Be, That's right. I'll become a lemming. Uh, do they call themselves lemmings? They should. I, if they I don't, have, I have no idea what they call themselves. Uh, oh my gosh! What is it Lemmy dot social? I think is what I saw the mm. website is. Join that might be a, a specific instance. Join Lemmy dot org. Mm. I guess this is the official. Um, you said join lemmy.org? Join dash lemmy. Join dash lemmy.org. Let's take a look. I don't know if this is the official. It looks like the official. A link aggregator for the Fediverse. I yeah, like that. Are- you use that term in your description there. And that's the first I had uh, I had actually um, heard of it. So hey, phrasing. I'm assuming it's like federated. You know, what, federated what, what universe. Term? Fediverse. Oh, Fediverse. Oh, Fediverse. yeah, dude. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. This was a yeah, new one. So, I don't so get out much. I don't hear. I don't, I don't know what you kids are doing. <laughs> I don't know what the damn kids are doing. Get off my freaking lawn. Yeah. Get off my lawn. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. Oh, my gosh. Gran Torino is such a phenomenal, one of my probably top five <sighs> yeah, favorite talk films. Talk about a sidebar. Oh, my God. That was, that was such a not. If you have not seen Gran Torino, it is I think a masterpiece. It really, yeah, it's a really, really good movie. Really yeah. well. Oh my gosh! Um, get off my lawn. Um, yeah, <laughs> Fediverse. So, so all your. I think Diaspora was one of the first ones. Uh, sort of a decentralized Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the, a lot of these are built on uh, GNU Social, which is a, a protocol for um, a decentralized pub sub protocol, right? Uh, mm-hmm. In in a nutshell. And so then you had Mastodon that got big. Uh, then Lemmy started to gain traction. Then Twitter went off the rails and Mastodon got really big. Then Reddit uh, protests happened and Lemmy got really big. There's a whole... Actually, um, I was listening to another podcast and they... Uh, The-Federation. The-Federation.info. Bunch of Star um, Trek nerds. I'll I'll link this to you. The Federation.info actually has like a list. It's basically an and an, um like a dashboard for all of the Fediverse projects. So that you'll see Twitter and Facebook and YouTube and uh, Wikipedia and search and all sorts of stuff um represented there. Um okay. it's just a list of these these projects that and the, the whole point is um you it's it's open source and it's federated which means there is no one central party that controls the platform the platform is anybody that wants to run an instance can and these instances can cross talk to one another so like on on the on the tweeters my handle i think is cm tonkinson right uh it's on twitter there's the only one handle there's only one twitter with mastodon i'm on an instance so i could be on you know, the tonk.social. I would be CM Tonkinson at the tonk.social. And if you mm-hmm. were hot coals at hot we are.com or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Then that would be your instance. We could see one another, even though your data is hosted on a separate instance than mine. Our two instances, because we interacted, can pass information back and forth to one another. So if your instance goes down because you're a crappy sysadmin, 
If my instance goes down because I get so popular uh, that I'm overwhelmed with legitimate traffic. Um, These are obviously like, the hypothetical, the accurate hypotheticals <laughs> that we think about. Sure. Yeah. All um, right. Go ahead. Uh, or if let's say, uh, you know, you're in, you're a, you're a, um, like an open source project, right? Mm -hmm. So we have the, we could start a, we could start a refactored, uh, discord, right? We could also start a refactored Lemmy or, um, peer tube or diaspora. And it's just, we host it. We have our thing. We set the rules. We interact with people and we control the data. It's not some third party. Now, what you do send tend to see is a lot of network effects. So there are like, um, Kind of predictably, there are there wind up with these communities being like a handful of really big instances. People people that wind go up where with a lot the of other people are. People congregate right, exactly. Where the people are. Um, yeah. But the point is that if that big instance goes away, it's not a big deal, right? Right. You just go to another one, right? Mm -hmm. And the, and a lot all the information about the interaction, the history is still there. It's preserved, like all of that kind of stuff. Now I don't know how like. I don't know if you can like migrate. I, I, this is a legitimate question. I don't know if this is a GNU social thing or if this is built on top of it. But with like a like a Lemmy or a Mastodon or a or a PeerTube, like I don't know if you can migrate. your say like, oh, I'm I'm you know Sam Tonkinson at the Tonk.com. I want to move to WeAre.com. I don't know if you can like migrate your account. I don't know what happens there exactly. But the point is, there's not one entity that controls everything. So like the the Stallman-esque ideal would be that all of us run our own instance for ourselves. Right. Right. That would be the, Hey, I don't think the technology can actually scale like that yet. I think it needs time to bake before it can actually, cause I don't think a new social, I, I think that would be too much. Uh, it's not a gossip protocol. I don't know exactly how it works under the hood, but I, I'm, I've, I've heard enough to understand that. Like, I don't think it would scale up. If you had like 6 million of these instances, I don't think that would work. Um, anyway, that's that's a whole thing. But yeah, uh, I'll put these uh, links in the show notes, the federation.info. Um, if you're curious about, uh, you know, what other projects are decentralized, not controlled by a company, um, you know, take a look just uh, for curiosity. Mm -hmm. It's pretty cool stuff. Yeah, I'm looking at this list. I mean, Mastodon is clearly the biggest one on this federation. Mastodon's huge. Mastodon's then, huge. Matrix is gaining traction too. Uh, Matrix is just a, it's a chat. Um, I think it's a, it's a discord slack type thing. Yeah. Um, but end to end encrypted, um, a gotcha. lot of these projects, they have some additions, not just that it's decentralized and not in the controls of, in the hands of a corporation, but also that they have some pretty opinionated privacy and security controls, mm -hmm. um, as well. Cause that kind of, you know, freaks like me that think open source is a good thing and that we should distribute the internet are also probably the weirdos that think like, well, maybe we don't ever want everyone in between reading your messages. So. <laughs> uh, unpopular opinion. I know. I, I know. know. I don't know where you get off. And then I see uh, Miss Key, which I've never heard of before now is on there. Miss Key dot Miss Key. Page. I'm not, I, don't, yeah. I don't know about that. Key dot page. Uh, it's sophisticated microblogging. So what's this Twitter? A forever evolving interplanets. Okay, nerd. Um, microblogging platform. It's like a Twitter. Okay, so this is a mass. This is a Mastodon competitor. It's a Mastodon Twitter competitor. Yeah. Okay. Uh, interplanetary. Wonder if they're doing. Is this GNU Social? Miss Key. Hmm. 
Mm, curious. Yeah, I go to the what is interplanetary it? is is the the operative thing. Like, is this uh, like is is this using IPFS on the background? And like, what is the what's the deal there? No, that's that's somebody being a nerd. It's just like talking about them, you know, be about the the breadth of it. Because oh, it's just it's just activity pub. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So they're just. Yeah, the 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 the, uh, the info page that I just got directed to has a uh, has a a picture of an anime schoolgirl with cat ears on it. So I mean, oh okay. So I think we know, know where that's going. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you can you know. Yeah. Draw your own. Conclusions. Yeah, draw your own conclusions from that if you want. I, I, I <laughs> for me, I'm pretty sure I know what I'm getting here. Like I I, I know the <laughs> type of person that I'm dealing with. That. You know, and that person may not be for you. And that person has some amount of unnatural hair color. Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to say. Possibly on their neck, their, their neckle region. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Okay. Anyhow. So oh, that was a whole wide, that was a whole winding sidebar. That was like, yeah, a, yeah well, you know, uh, so it wasn't yeah, just the, the bar. That was the whole pub. Yeah. So winding it back up over here, uh, Reddit protest, breaking Google, uh, oh. kind of, kind of exposing breaking the, Google. Uh, That's a little link baity, but I'll give it to you. I, I mean, okay. It's not showing another, I mean, showing another crack in what their business has become. Right. They're, I mean, yeah. they really haven't found a great second revenue source. Search is still 70% of their top line. They're still way over, which is what they are. That's their core competency. They should stick with it. They're a search engine. Uh, right. Yeah. Stick with, I mean, hedgehog, hedgehog concepts, stick with the thing that you're, that you're good at. I think that that, that's really good. As they get, it, it is of no surprise to me that as they get further and further away from that search engine route, their, their stuff gets more and more, you know, kind of, hacky you know the google graveyard when you look at that stuff i mean most of it is it's 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 way out there type of stuff um a lot of it's moonshots i have a hard time i have a hard time really being super critical because like you have to try you have to fail a bunch of times before you succeed no i agree yeah i like the culture that hey we're we're okay experimenting and we're just as quick to shut something down if it's not going to work i'm but I feel like they shut down. I'm not going to say it's well. I'm not going to say it's it's a problem because again, from a business perspective, works as intended. Um, the shame of it is that there's actually some good stuff in there that only died because they couldn't monetize it. Right. That's. Which, I mean, that's you know, the thing. Like that, they found stuff that was really useful, and the, the, yeah, they they shut it down not because it wasn't useful, but because they weren't uh, you know seeing some revenue, business, or right? they moved it, or they moved it somewhere else. Like pieces of yeah. of my by far my biggest heart heartbreak uh on the in the google graveyard is google uh, inbox google inbox was phenomenal uh it was a it was a ui you had a gmail account and then you had this there was an interface that was completely separate from the gmail url it was like inbox.google.com or something like that and it was a completely mm-hmm. different interface it was the same email so you were getting all your same stuff, you're managing it, but the way in which you managed it was completely uh, unlike anything that came has come before or indeed has come since. Now, they killed it off and incorporated pieces of it into the Gmail interface. So the way that you can, the way that it classifies things, you know, it understands that this is a promo, this is... Uh, 
you know, this is an update and, you know, like they did some of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the interface itself and how it flowed, like the, the UI UX is, is very, very mm-hmm. different. And there really hasn't been anything like that since. Um, and they say they killed it off so that they could put their effort into the main, um, the main interface. But my thought was always, I mean, this works great. Just, you know, let it live alongside of it. But, you know, I get, I mean, you're not wrong. I mean, they make a, they make a business decision to, uh, to do these things and, you know, it, it, it it is what it is. Um, and you're right. I, I, I'm giving them crap for, you know, you know, venturing too far afield from their, from their core competency. AI, 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 generative AI. (laughs) You know, so like that, if you get too far, you kind of end up in, in this kind of nonsense. Uh, yeah, but I mean, there is also, nothing wrong, and in fact, there is something laudable for experimentation and trying new things. Like that, I that that is a that is a net good. That is positive. It's just yeah. these, you know, it's these other things that that really. I think if if you've got as much cash sitting in the bank as Google, and you don't try some moon, you don't basically turn into a VC accelerator. Hmm. <laughs> as a as a shareholder or board member, I could call that gross mismanagement. That's really. true. Yeah, I mean, you're sitting uh, so on this so money, much. It's it's hard it to understand. Like for the for the for the younger crowd, it's hard to understand what the internet was really like before Google. It's it's kind of hard to understand, really comprehend how that changed things. Oh man, and how big it got, how fast it got, and how much money they just manufactured i mean they they printed faster than the fed has in the last couple of years i mean it was a bonanza um (laughs) just a a crazy financial dynamo and so yeah you gotta try stuff and yeah but like but other things you know they try things and then they can't monetize it and somebody else comes along and says that's a really good idea i still want that but i don't care about monetization i'm just gonna make an open source project out of it or or i or i do care about monetization but because i'm not google my need for the margins is, you know, like it, like it can turn a profit faster and easier for me than it could for, you know, a, a behemoth like, uh, like Google. So what's your, what was your favorite pre, you might be, I don't know. Do you, if you remember, like, what was your favorite pre Google search engine? What did mm. you use? I think the last one that I had used before I discovered Google was probably Dogpile, and Dog I know that's pile. a little bit of a cop out, but Dogpile was a was what what they used to call back in the olden days a meta search engine. Right. So they would actually take your search and then go search a bunch of other search engines and mesh the results together. Mesh um, the results together. Yep. So mm-hmm. I, I liked the the blended approach there. They they had they tended to because of the blended approach you tended to get better than better than average stuff yeah. from just them <laughs> the days the days of ask jeeves and the g <laughs> yeah ask.com ask jeeves uh alta vista alta um, vista yeah there's uh Are you, i mean yeah you've got the you've got the classic uh aol keyword search right oh and, and what a bunch yahoo's of curated directory yeah oh those things were I avoided the directory stuff. I always thought the directories were garbage because they were they, they had such a small finite set of information yeah. that was out there. Um, it was a step. If you wanted, stone. it's all stuff. If you stone. wanted, uh, you know, products and celebrity gossip, you know, it was a great place to go, but for actual information and things you cared about, it was, it was yeah, I, I never, I, I was never a Yahoo 
Uh, I was never on the Yahoo. Um, never a Yahoo. No, no. I, I never. I never <clears throat> not me used, neither. Me neither. I never used the Yahoo interface. It, for me, uh, I mean, I started. And Yahoo, we make fun of them. And uh, uh, by the way, anybody out there that does have a Yahoo account, I am make like, this is me making fun of you. Don't don't have a Yahoo.com <laughs> email address. Um, also, is Hotmail. that better or <laughs> I was going to say, is that better or worse than an AOL.com email? I think oh, AOL might actually, be the bottom. No, AOL, I would respect a little more than Hotmail because there really was no, no, there was never any good reason to have a Yahoo email address. Yeah, but would you, it was never a thing. Would you excuse AOL? At least there's like, but that's like vintage, right? What I would not forgive is I don't, I think they phase, I think they force close them now, but Hotmail, that was the one that I think was bottom of the barrel, the worst, the dumbest. The dumbest. Um, (laughs) So, so stupid. Oh my gosh. Your email server is bad and you should feel bad. But I, <laughs> yeah, Yahoo, we make fun. Uh, we tease, but Yahoo was, Yahoo was the ish for us for a it was like that for, for a minute. That was, was your huge. pinnacle, mm-hmm. pinnacle of Valley tech, pinnacle of, of kind of what, what would be the dot com era. Um, they were cutting edge of a lot of stuff. They just, they were trying to scale. They were trying to match the scale of growth of the internet with human effort. Google came along and automated that and just torpedoed them. Like there was, was a time. There was a time that there were articles asking if you know, wondering aloud if Google would ever reach the same height. Reach this, yeah, as Yahoo. <laughs> yep. <laughs> this is oh why gosh. it's been. This is why I very infrequently make predictions here on the podcast (laughs) because they age like milk. (laughs) I remember when uh, Google um, Google introduced the wave Google wave came out. And I remember I, that I, keynote. I watched that. that I watched it too. It was cool. Holy it was, crap. I mean, like the, it has Google wave had stuff in it that we now take for granted because the tech Google wave is no more also in the graveyard, but it has tech in it that we now have elsewhere. Like the real time simultaneous editing that you can do in a Google mm-hmm. doc. And now Microsoft can do it with word docs as well. But you know, mm-hmm. I'm typing and you can see as I'm typing, that was that was a Google Wave mm-hmm. original. No, Apple invented that with iMessage. I think you're mistaken. <laughs> That's right. Hold on. Let me get out my <laughs> let me let me get out my history according to Apple book here. Yes. I'll flip through yes. this. Oh, that's right. Everything came from Steve Jobs. That's right. I'm my bad. There my you bad. go. All Thank good you. ideas are from Steve Jobs. So the way the that real, was really cool. Real, so the real time typing and editing, that was one thing. The real time natural language translation, translation was really was super cool. Yeah. That's what blew everybody's pants off at the time. That mm-hmm. was, uh, there's a saying, I forgot who to attribute it to. Uh, maybe I could dig it up for the show notes, but, uh, uh, sufficiently, there's a saying that like, um, uh, sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from, from magic. Magic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, and, there's another one, uh, sufficiently advanced incompetence is distinguishable from malice i think one is a riff on the other yeah. and i don't know which one came first uh the the magic um, one came first the malice one is totally I thought a riff. so yeah yeah 100 yeah. um, uh but yeah that was that it that magic i remember that was like was june of 2008 cool. maybe yeah, was, i think eight or nine holy crap let's see Google that was amazing wave intro and that actually 2009 okay google io full two, circle oh nine. that was oh nine full circle uh, do you know what was the kind of had, uh, uh, well, I can't think of a good way to ask the question. Google wave was federated. 
that was actually yes, on the plus. There true. was a federation protocol because they there was a piece of it that they wanted to sell. They really wanted to sell it to enterprise. They were trying to replace. They wanted you to run servers. Wave. They, want you they were trying to replace uh, email and Skype because they combine chat and messaging and threading mm-hmm. and translation and all this into one thing. And it was federated so that you could selectively communicate with other instances, whether in a larger enterprise setting or across enterprise boundaries, as in current day email. That was actually a federated technology. One of the other reasons I was so uh, impressed with it. If you can do all of that kind of stuff inside of like an isolated monolith, that's one thing. But anytime you want to federate something, you, you just, you just, your problem list just exploded. Uh, mm-hmm. So the fact that they were able to get yeah. that was just amazing. Yeah. But I mean, it was, it was partially, it was a product slash, it, it was platform. an interim. Yeah. It was a platform. They, they, it, it worked with email. Like it was designed to completely sub supplant and sublimate the, the email infrastructure. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they're, you're right. They're, it did. It did interoperate. I think it if interoperated. You, sent, you could actually if send, you tried to send something to somebody that wasn't a wave user, it would turn it into an email and send it asynchronously. And likewise, if they hit it to you, an you, email, would, you got an yeah, email. Like, so yeah. It, so it had that, but it would still look like a thread. It would have the, all the semantics, but it would just be right. an email in the background. Yeah, I yeah. forgot about that. Yeah. So threading, email threading, really came from there. That really didn't exist yeah. beforehand. And that made its way into Gmail and now like literally uh-huh. everything else. Um, yeah. I mean, oh, like- speaking of which, if anybody knows of a, uh, like a, uh, like a sort of a privacy security focused email provider that actually allows SMTP and IMAP, please let me know. Uh, <laughs> I'm in search. There is, uh, uh, I looked, I got tired of dealing. I got tired of dealing with my own. I think I mentioned <laughs> this, uh, like some time ago. Um, and so I went just to get, just to get something stable. I went with Proton. Kind of the kind of the creme de la creme of of privacy focused email providers. Um, mm-hmm. The problem is they do not allow IMAP and SMTP. Well, uh, they allow SMTP through their system, but you cannot connect your mail client to their system. You have to use their web app, or mm. there is an option to use your own client on a desktop, but you have to run uh, what they call the Proton Bridge. So there's a background daemon you have to run that interfaces with their API and then exposes IMAP and SMTP to your email client locally over local ports. And that's not um, good enough. It's just another thing to run. And I don't and and you also you can't on on a, a smart device, there is no bridge. Oh, right? There's, there's no, no bridge way to on do the that. smart device, yeah. You have to use their app and it's I don't know what I'm going to sound like here, but I almost don't care at this point. It's not a native app. It's like web view technology. It's slow. It's laggy. It's it's garbage. I don't like it at all. Mm. Um, so I looked at Hey, uh, DHH's. That's uh, where I was going to send you was the Hey thing. No, yeah. because they don't allow it either. You have to use their app, and it's the same garbage. And I don't, mm. I mm-hmm. I don't like these new email interfaces. It's. I heard a talk from Linus one time, and this is maybe, I don't know, 2010 or something, where he's like, oh, he's talking about Git and and how, and the, the interviewer was like, okay, so like when you were thinking about like how to make subversion better, how did you go about that? And he said, well, you can't make subversion better because subversion sucks, right? You can't do sucky, and I'm paraphrasing, but you know, Linus is like trademark yeah. lack of Snark filter. And, yeah. um, mm-hmm. He's like, well, subversion was a better CVS. It's not different. They both suck. I wanted something that didn't suck. That is like not an evolutionary difference, but a revolutionary difference. And that's what Git is. And and that was his kind of point. And I, these, 
Proton, I get why they're doing what they're doing because security, I guess. Um, with hey, <laughs> you really want me to use your interface? It's, it's not an evolution. It's not a revolutionary change. It's evolutionary. So why are you breaking compatibility with my client? I like my clients. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to have to change them. Um, and if you're going to do it, then give me a native client that doesn't perform like a dog. I just so that's oh, the my hey, the hey client actually was sloggy too. It's a it's well no it's a separate client. You have to view it on the web or you have to use their app. You can't I can't use Thunderbird Outlook Mail app. I can't use a third party like normal email client that I'm used to. I have to use their app. I see. So I'm actually in the other camp because I, I I hate sta- separate standalone mail clients. I've just gotten tired of dealing with them and the, you know, the intricacies of making sure that they connect and behave with whatever your, you know, corresponding mail server is. Mm -hmm. And so I I'm wondering if you're not the dinosaur here and maybe they're not supporting you because you're more the exception than, than, than the norm on this. I mean, the market, the market is speaking and if Hey doesn't feel like they're losing business by not supporting legacy, uh, email clients, then, okay. Like that's, I'm, I very well may be the dinosaur there, but I don't with a native, what it does is it breaks. So this is, this is one of the core issues. It's email, no matter what, Hey wants or proton, right? Both the same thing, right? Proton, there should be an, uh, there can be a safe way to have an option somewhere where I have to attest under blood oath that I understand the risk that I'm taking to enable legacy email integration, right? That can be an option for me. So so my criticism is of both of them. So first criticism as a user is I don't like your web form, your cross platform app build. It's 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 dog crap. I don't like it. Build it. If you're going to have a native app, build a native app that performs well. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is informed by 15 years on the iOS platform. Maybe I'm a spoiled brat. I don't like VS Code for the same reason. I don't like the Discord app. I don't like Slack for the same reason. It's web tech and it's slow. When I click, it does not transition views. I have to wait for it to register the click and then execute the handler and then pull shit from an API and then render. I'm sick of it. (laughs) You know what? Never lagged hip chat was a native client. It's true. It felt felt like one. Anyway, leaving that whole thing aside, the other thing is we're talking about email. You have not reinvented email right? You've just made it more complicated or simpler, right? From a user perspective, but more complicated in that you have broken all of the integration. So one of the things that I look for is the integration between my calendar and my mail app and my contacts list and my, and my reminders and my to-dos and all of these other apps on my either desktop or mobile, right? When I get an email invite, when I get an invite for something now on my mobile, the mail and the calendar app can't talk to each other. Because I can't use the native mail app. The native mail app and the native calendar app, they talk to each other. If I get an invitation in my mail, I see it pop up in the calendar and I can, mm-hmm. right? Proton doesn't, it, this is not allowed. I have to go in, I have to look for an attachment, I have to click the attachment, then it opens up the .ics and then I have to move it over and it, it's, it's not as an ergonomic. And so, and so when you don't allow that legacy interaction with traditional clients, you break whole classes of system functionality. For what? Well, I think, okay, so I think it has to do with the the evolution to the mobile world because, I mean, playing, let's assume that this isn't the case or let's go back to what Mm -hmm. you were doing traditionally, okay? And let's take these other providers out of it. So you've got your... Your your desktop client, Thunderbird, and it's got its 
got its mail client and it's got a calendar yep. on it. Okay, great. Do you have, how, how does that information then get to, now, how does that information get to your phone? So for email, I get it. You could use IMAP for that. And so you're always mm-hmm. looking at what's on the web. And so, right. you know, yep. on the yep. internet through IMAP. Okay, fine. But what about calendars? Is there a, you know, is there an so IMAP equivalent are, to the calendar in a Thunderbird there system? Is, there is. And so if you're specifically asking about, so what I, what I was talking about just a moment ago was the integration experience within a computing platform, within right. my desktop or within my mobile device, right? Right, right. You were not uh, asking what you're the same talking question about. I was. No, no. What, yeah. Yep. So, so what you're talking about is like, hey, then how do you re- how do you square this with multiple devices, because which I do have. That's so the for world me today, yeah. Because 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 I own most of my data, less than I used to, but I control most of my data, and I have a calendar system, and I have a notes and reminders and so forth system that all of these things plug into. So if I accept an email invite on my desktop. I see that the next time my mobile client refreshes and vice versa. So all of that is connected to right. uh, a, so a system that I control. Right. And so it's another system. So it's another layer. Mm. I, I think, I, I think that the, um, this, this lack of support that you're lamenting, I really think it can be boiled down to just how the world has shifted to, to mobile because that's what happened to me. I was huge on native desktop clients forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as, as mobile became more and more, prevalent keeping what I was doing on my desktop in line. And so that I had the same stuff in the same place on my phone became just a Royal pain in the butt. And I finally got to the point. It that's, does. That's when I reached the point. That's when I switched to uh, switched over pretty wholeheartedly to Gmail and was doing the web-based client. And at first mm-hmm. I was annoyed. I was like, ah, I got to keep my browser open all, all the time on this one tab. But my browser's open all the time anyway. And so you have made, you have actually made two of my points in reverse order. Yeah. I have enough tabs open already. I don't need nine more for things that should be icons at the bottom of my screen. I mean, so to that, me that would be my counterpoint, but that's a, that's a preference. Opinion yeah. Thing, so we don't need yeah, to debate a that hair splitting difference. Uh, but your bigger point is like, Oh, Hey, when you start talking about mobile, like the integration becomes hard and how you keep things in sync, you're actually making my point, right? Because if we embrace what have been, open standards and documented protocols for decades, not Mm -hmm. months, not years, plural, multiple, many decades, then all you need, I don't need, if I have some bespoke, uh, I, I, uh, for a spell there, I use mutt, which is a a command line email client, right? Um, But as like Vim key bindings and stuff. So I could use mutt on my desktop. I didn't even look for a mutt that doesn't even make sense on this other platform, right? Right. So I just used Apple's mail app for a while. But because mutt and mail app both used SMTP and IMAP, yeah. they were both looking at the same source of truth. And it was a different interface on both platforms, but they were syncing to a central source of truth. So that paradigm should be true for anything that I want to do on multiple platforms. So email and calendar and reminders and contacts and photos and all of this stuff. And so my point is that providers like Proton and Hay not embracing by intentionally breaking open standards and documented protocols, they break my ability to have real parity across platforms and they lock me in. So now I can't use a platform that doesn't have a Hay app. Right. And if I have one, right. then I've got to use the browser, which, you know, is a choice. That's not, that's not a big deal. They have, you know, they have the apps. 
Um, I have, again, my other complaint about the apps are crap because they're all WebView stuff, right? It's all non-native. Um, but that's, that's essentially my point, is they break that integration. And so then I can't choose which client is right for which platform. That sucks. That yeah. sucks. Because yeah. I'd like to use Mutt on my server, and I'd like to use Thunderbird on my desktop. I'd like to use Apple's Mail on my mobile, and I can't do that if I'm locked into some proprietor. And so that you know well, that becomes my so. So what you need to do is just start your own open source Reddit clone that also includes email, open email standard. Also includes email yeah, and and, and web search. <laughs> Don't forget web. We talked web, about web search. web search, right? And um, you know what? Hell, hell with it. Just throw a Twitter. Clone, Twitter clone, insta- and then the anime, the and anime stuff. That, we the, talked the, about uh, schoolgirl, cat-eared. You anime can't forget girl about from don't uh, don't kink shame. You can't forget the furries, my friend. The, Come well, on, the, <laughs> from the miss from the miss key from the miss key page. <laughs> oh well, that was a pretty gosh. random conversation, but I feel like it did. We sort of weaved it all together. I think that the the, thema- the theme here today has been federation, open source. Data sovereignty. Data sovereignty. Yeah, there's okay. All right. So we weren't totally like we wove, we, wove, we wove a tapestry. This would have been an expertly this would have been expertly done if we didn't then just recap it. I love it. A t- <laughs> expertly woven tapestry of bullshit. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you have thoughts on the Fediverse and the Reddit drama, uh, well, don't tell us about the Reddit drama. We don't care about that. We care about the Federation, though. Uh, you can. Um, Get a hold of us. Uh, feedback at refactor.work is how you would do that. You can send us an email or do a voice record on your phone and, and send us that. We'll play it on the show. Um, refactor.work is the primary website that has uh, show notes, archives, back episodes, recommendations, and a whole bunch of other shenanigans over there. You can find more Frank online at hotcoals.com and more of me online at tonkinson.com. A hint I have not posted in some time. <laughs> oh, boy. This way has- to really tease it. Oh yeah! Oh, I'm good. I'm a. Prof- this is professional. He's a professional, folks. my friend. He's a professional. professional broadcasting. We are we are underwritten by Polar Seltzer. Now, um, <laughs> this has been episode number one hundred and eight, recorded Friday, June thirtieth, twenty twenty three. Thanks, Frank. Thanks, buddy.